You're listening to Rhema for Today. We find that we come to the night of the Passover. The blood of the Passover lamb was put on the top of the high of the doorpost and on each side. And when the death angel came by, it would pass over. We have our Passover night when we are born again by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus is applied to our heart. And no more can the enemy, the arch enemy of God, devil himself, no more can he hold high carnival in our lives. No more can he keep us from receiving the good things of God. Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth Hagin continues his teaching, Healing in the Word, next on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth Hagin for today's message. Galatians chapter 3, verse number 7 says, Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Then in verses 13 and 14, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And then verse 29, And if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promises. I want to base where we go from there on these verses of Scripture. I want to do a little introduction by starting this way. After the fall of mankind, the human race fell steadily away into sin and sickness and disease. It became apparent that the harvest of sin was greater than the harvest of the light of God. And God looked down from up on high and he said, this is not good. I created man to be my companion. I created man where I could walk and talk with him and fellowship with him. I created man for my pleasure. That's what the Bible says. But the devil had stolen it all away through the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And now God looked down at man and he said, what an awful bunch of people. And he looked over in a little country called Ur, tapped a man on the shoulder by the name of Abram, and he said, I want you to go, and I want you to be the father of a new people. He changed his name to Abraham. Abram left, and he went, and he followed God. And a little while after that, after he had raised up the children of Israel, they went into bondage. God raised up another man by the name of Moses. He was to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. If you know anything about Bible typology, you know that Egypt is a type of sin. We find that we come to the night of the Passover, the blood of the Passover lamb, was put on the top of the high of the doorpost and on each side. And when the death angel came by, it would pass over. We have our Passover night when we are born again by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus is applied to our heart. 
And no more can the enemy, the arch enemy of God, devil himself, no more can he hold high carnival in our lives. No more can he keep us from receiving the good things of God. That's why we can sing the blood-bought church. That's why we can sing every stronghold of Satan must fall beneath our feet because we have had a spiritual Passover. They left Egypt, which is a type of sin never to return. They didn't have the Holy Spirit such as we have in this dispensation which you and I live in. They had to follow the power of God which was a pillar of, of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. But in the dispensation in which you and I are living today, we don't have to look for an outward manifestation or an outward sign. The Holy Spirit, the power of God tabernacles himself with inside of us. We don't have to have all of these outward signs because the Holy Spirit is living within, not without. You see, John 7, 37 and 38 says, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This brief summary of the Passover was given to you because it brings us to what I want to speak about. Because it was immediately after the Passover and the children coming out of the land of Egypt that what I'm going to talk about took place. You may want to turn and read this with me. You can turn to Exodus chapter number 15. Exodus chapter 15 if you'd like to read with me. We're going to establish the subject that we want to speak on. It's called God's healing covenant. God has established a healing covenant he established it with the children of Israel a long time ago. And in the Exodus chapter number 15, verse number 22, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. They just crossed the Red Sea. And they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Myra, they could not drink the water of Myra, for they were bitter. Therefore the name of it was called Myra. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And, and there he made for them a statue. I want you to listen to this. There he, that is God, made for them a statute and an ordinance. There he proved them. And he said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to do to the voice of the Lord thy God and will do that which is right in his sight and will give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases upon thee which I have brought upon the Egyptians for I am the Lord that heedeth thee. I am Jehovah Rapha. I want you to realize that as God showed Moses this tree there in the wilderness, he dipped it into the bitter water. The water was healed and they were able to drink of that water. And at the same time, he established a covenant with them, a healing covenant. He established the fact that he was Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth. He says here he established a statue and an ordinance. We in this country understand statues and ordinances. They are established every day in the city councils, in the state governments, in the national government. Statutes and ordinances are passed and those statutes and ordinances become the law of the land that we live by. 
And the statutes and ordinances of God become the law of God's land that we live by. You see, we have not only citizenship in a natural world, but we have citizenship in a spiritual world. And that is the world, that's the spiritual world that God has put into existence. And he's established laws whereby that govern that world. We were talking about one when we took the offering. The laws of giving and receiving as God has established. When you come in contact with them, they work for you. In this natural world that you and I live in, there are natural laws that have been established. There's a law called the law of gravity. God established it a long time ago when he made the earth and all that we have here. He established the law of gravity. The law of gravity says that if I walk off this platform, I'm going to fall to the next floor down there or I'll keep falling until I hit something. Is that not what the law of gravity says? Huh? And without some kind of propulsion or some kind uh, of energy to keep me from falling, I'm going to fall. That's what happens to an airplane. You see, as long as it has its propulsion, as long as it's moving at a certain speed, then there are certain other laws that govern the lift and so the lift and thrust and so forth and so forth. And the airplane is going. But you cut off the power and that airplane falls. Because the law of gravity takes over. You see, uh, as long as there is power in those engines, as long as there is a movement and, and the, the laws that govern lift and thrust and so on, downdrafts and updrafts and so forth and so on, are in effect, it'll stay in the air. But you cut off those engines and therefore, when you cut off the engines, you have no more thrust. So therefore, you're not creating any drag and there's no uplift to hold the thing up. And so all of a sudden, the law of gravity takes a hold and it reaches up and grabs a hold of that thing and goes, and it's gone. And we have no problem with these laws because we have studied them in our science classes from the time we've been in the first or second grade and they started teaching us science. And we've studied them all the way through. Some people go into it more than others and get all involved in, in it more than others do. So what happens is that we, we just go along and we have no problem with the things that are easy for us and we understand we have no problems with them. See, we have no problem with laws and ordinances and so forth and laws that govern our natural world because we have grown up with them for ever since we can remember. They have become a part of our lives. And yet, when we begin to deal with the laws and the statutes and the ordinances that govern our spiritual area of life, we tend to have a problem with it because it goes contrary to our theological upbringing. It's a shame that we could not grow up with it. You see, I have no problem with believing God. I have no problem with any of these things because I grew up with it. I sat under the ministry of a man that is recognized the world over as the father of faith of this modern generation. I lived in his house. I saw him teach us what God said in his word he will do. 
And so I have had never had any problem with it. When people would come to me with uh, their theological ideas, even in Bible school, they would come to me with things, you know, that, that was contrary to what I'd been taught. And I would look at them and they'd say, this cannot be and so forth. And I said, I'm going to tell you something. I've experienced it. Have you? Welcome to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagan, Pastor Hagan, and the rest of the Hagan family by visiting our online bookstore. Right now, I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. This offer is the three-CD set from Kenneth E. Hagan entitled, How to Receive from God. Also in this month's offer, the book from Kenneth Hagan entitled, Blessed Is for the special radio price of $24. Call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll-free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rama for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. Coming up, the 1st of November, yes. it's busy, 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 Call to Arms Men's Conference. It's going to be a wonderful time right here on the USA campus. If you want to know more about it, go to rhema.org slash CTA. All the information is there. Uh, so all you got to do, if you want to know anything about us yes. or the Hagen Ministry yes. or Rhema, all you got to do is go rhema.org. It's all there. That's Everything right. is there. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth Hagen with his teaching, Healing in the Word. If you'd like, you can visit our online bookstore at rhema.org. Thanks for listening to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen.